What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Instigator of my prosecution, that's ACP Agojo's latest accusation following his acquittal yesterday. Having reconstructed the scene, I can tell you that it was a defense minister, Mr. Nitu, who initiated this whole arrest process. He can, he can take me anywhere he wants and I'll prove to him. He also had some strong words for the attorney general. Does he understand Arab Spring? If he doesn't, he should keep quiet. If he doesn't understand Arab Spring, he should keep quiet. He's a lawyer, but being a lawyer doesn't mean that you know everything. Also tonight, Managing Director of ECG questions motive behind framing of the faulty law behind 15% value at the tax on electricity consumption, insisting it's practically impossible, in fact, a nightmare to attempt to implement it. Then, whoever wrote that law needs to be, we need to go back to that person to find out what was the mind behind you saying for somebody sitting in their home enjoying electricity, they should pay value added tax. You know, the Trade Union Congress is challenging the government to repeal the law. We are not prepared to accept anything apart from total withdrawal of the bar because you will not pay and we cannot pay. And in business, World Bank assures of measures to ensure prudent use of the $300 million budget support for Ghana. And in sports, the search for the fifth Black Stars coach in four years begins at GFA Setup Committee to be headed by the Vice President, Makado. And later on here on Newsnight, our Sick Hospitals series focus on the Ifia Quanta Regional Hospital in the Western Region where health workers are pleading for a working defibrillator. The absence of it is making it difficult to save patients when they get cardiac arrest. The normal, but because we didn't have, we continued with our CPI, CPI, and when we were all exhausted, we had to call it. And this is your election headquarters. It's always brought to you by Petrosol Clean Fuel. Uh, in full quantity. And tonight, as you may have heard on Top Story, the party, the new patriotic party, we just uh, 48, less than 48 hours to go before its uh, parliamentary primary on Saturday. They've taken the decision to postpone the Ukrainian South parliamentary primary. It follows the withdrawal uh, from the race of the Minister of State responsible for local government, Obi Amwa, who is also the incumbent member of parliament there, and a petition filed by the MCE in that particular uh, municipality also to the party it is one that as we've heard from the regional party had left the party in there in a bit of uh, a pickle as they try to pick up the pieces from this there's, uh, uh, there's some tension there they've advised the party in addition to recommendation from the constituency uh, to put it on hold the party agrees and has done so thankfully 
Joining me in the studio uh, tonight for a conversation is the General Secretary, uh, Mr. Cody Afrimpon, is my guest on the show as we build up into Saturday. Uh, thank you very much for your time here on Newsnight. Uh, thank you, Vance. Uh, it's great to be here. Great to have you. So, this decision that has been taken tonight, it's just uh, less than 48 hours to go, too close to the elections. Why? Um, good evening to your cherished listeners. Um, I think it's the best decision for the party. Uh, it, it, it came as a result of a um, recommendation from both the party's constituent executive committee in Equiaprim South and the regional party. And uh, their reasons are very clear that um, they want to make sure that after the whole exercise, there will be peace. Uh, there will be peace in the constituency, and also to be able to uh, have all stakeholders on board for us to campaign together as a party. So the national party. Uh, had no other option than to agree to the request by the, the regional party for them to delve into how best they can address issues as stated in their letter. I've been told a bit about the rules governing the process and which may have come to play in the crap himself. Possibly wh why this has become very controversial. One that uh, if you're an MC, MMDCEs cannot contest sitting MPs. And if you are, you if you want to, they, two years before the primary resign. But if you don't do so and the MP decides to go, you, you cannot contest him. Uh, Obi Amwa decides to go, obviously then the MC cannot go. Of course, he's withdrawn now. So the MC says, I want to participate. But then there's a backstory to this, which is that Obi Amwa picked the forms together with this special aid then. People think the rules have been exploited. Um, is that what the rule says? Apologies there. Uh, there's a challenge with the microphone. We'll try and fix that um, immediately. Uh, we're having a conversation with the General Secretary of the New Patriotic Party, Mr. Kodia Frimpon, uh, as we approach Saturday, uh, 27th, uh, when the party will be having its uh, parliamentary primary. I believe the microphone is, is working now. Yes, I was asking about the rule. Well, so, so Ivan, we are a political party and no, no rules or regulations is cast in stone. At the end of the day, the most important thing for us is to make sure that we go into the 2024 elections maximizing our votes in our strongholds. So anything that we need to do as a party to make sure that we achieve that purpose is something that we are fully on board. So if in the wisdom of the constituency party and the regional party they feel that we need to uh, 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 pull the brakes and for them to do some uh, more legworks and also to do more consultation, that is uh, that is the result that we want to achieve. Because we don't want to also go into our elections where after the election there was so much cracks in the party and it would take us so much, many months to do reconciliation. So if in the interest of having uh, a united front, we have to defer the, or suspend the elections in the Prince South to achieve our purpose, the, the National Party will always support such a call. But what is the ultimate objective of this? So that others, or in this particular case, the MC can have an opportunity well, to contest? Well, well, you are making that point. But the reason that was given to us by the regional Constituency Party 
uh, it's, 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 it's something that we, we are satisfied with. For, for them, they are saying that they need more time to do more consultation to properly advise the parties. I want us to stick with that. As to whether MC, special assistant, to me, that's not an issue. Because your statement referenced a petition, and we're from not the, the only petitioner coming from me, from what the came to MCE. us is the, is the region. The region. So we are relying on the constituency. Uh, request and address the issues that um, they, they raised and so that at least once it is done uh, the green light will be given and the national party will take a decision as to what has to be done in the constituency. This rule that says that if you are a, a sitting MMDC you cannot contest in a constituency where you have a sitting MP, what informed it? Well, well there, 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 is a, there is a strong reason behind it. Uh, for us as a party we know that our members of parliament spend bulk of their time in parliament helping to uh, formulate laws for the good people of, of this country. And as MMDC and as constituency officer, uh, because most of the time the MP is not around, it's your duty to project the member of parliament and also to espouse the good things uh, that he does in the constituency and also to uh, raise certain concerns or issues that he, he may not be aware of or maybe oblivious to. So if the one who is supposed to propagate uh, his achievement, the one who's supposed to advise, you decide to contest him or her, then it means that you're undermining or you'll be undermining the work of the member of parliament. So in that case, if you want to contest him, the party will not stop you, but at least you need to resign. So at least you are not put in that compromised position of, 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 of trying to undermine uh, the member of parliament. So that was the rationale behind it. As we've seen today, it's uh, a subject to exploitation. It, it can be abused. Yes. Will the party take a second look? Well, of course. When laws are made, when rules are made, and we see that there are loopholes, and we see that uh, people are exploiting it, it's, it's important or imperative that you tighten uh, the rules and regulation going forward. So it's something that we've seen going forward, at least we advise ourselves accordingly. Since you're here, I mean, you're going into a major elections on December 7. What you don't want is any form of tension between yourselves and other stakeholders that can obviously cost you votes, particularly when it happens to be in your stronghold of the Ashanti region. You were before Mengxia uh, this week because of allegations made against your regional chairman, Mr. Wu, to me. You, you made assurances to the Mengxia. Where are you in trying to resolve this issue? Well, I, I think um, the New Patriotic Party as a, uh, as a political party um, have uh, so much respect uh, for chieftaincy institutions in Ghana. And anytime we are called upon to appear before them, we have no other option than to oblige and also appear before them. And for me, whatever the issue is or whatever the issues are, the, the party is in firm control of it. And I can assure you that... Uh, 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 there will be an amicable solution to whatever impasse or issues uh, that are there. Uh, you, you agreed with the, the, the ultimatum was very clear. You're going to go with Wuntimi? But don't worry. At least the party knows what we have to do. Okay. Have you had an opportunity to talk? Because you are stalwart in the region before you became general secretary. Have you managed to talk to the Tunfo on this? Is that a question? Yes. Have you managed to talk to the Tunfo on this matter? <laughs> If I don't expect me to, to, to respond whether yes or no, um, well, I, I, it's, it's something that I can't comment about. But concerned that this may affect your chances in the region? Well, we, 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 are, we acknowledge that um, the Ashanti region is the stronghold of the MPP. Everybody knows that. And whatever we have to do. 
to make sure that we consolidate our base and make sure that at least there continue to be a peaceful atmosphere within the rank and file of our party. And, and, and it's something that we are very clear in our mind that we have to do. And I can assure you that we have taken several uh, significant steps to make sure that all issues that affect the region, both uh, the party and also our, tra our, our revered traditional institutions are addressed. It's something that we are, we are not taking for granted. We are, we are really on, on top of it and we see through that there's, there's amicable solution or peaceful atmosphere in the party. So there's a concern there that if this is not managed properly, it can cost you votes. It can cost you votes in the Ashanti region. Everywhere. Whatever issues that arises, you have to find solutions to it. Whether Ashanti region, East region or Northern region, we need votes. And important stakeholders like the chief tenancy institution is something that you cannot sweep under the capital or, or, or ignore. So whatever the party has to do in all areas where there are issues, internally and externally, is something that we treat uh, as very important. Have you had a chance to talk to Wuntumi? Wuntumi is my regional chairman, so we, we always talk every day. I get briefing from him with respect to matters that goes on in the region, and also just like I talk to other regional chair, chairpersons. But on this specific matter, since it happened, have you spoken to him? What did he tell you? I talk to him every day. So, so whatever discussion that we have to... We have to hold. We've done that. On, this, on the accusations against him that he said derogatory things about the uh, Mensha Palace, uh, the party obviously have looked into it from your conversations. What did he tell you about it? What is his side of the story? Well, I, I don't think it's something I want us to discuss. Yeah, it's, it's an internal matter, you know, with respect to our revered uh, chiefs and uh, 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 traditional council. I don't think we can discuss the matter. It's a very sensitive matter that uh, I, I don't feel comfortable to talk about it. You are going before them on Monday? before that well nanam have invited us and they've certainly with the respect that we have to them if we have to be there on monday we'll be there on monday still in the shanty region there we've heard from party stalwarts the latest uh, being uh jogate i spoke to him on monday and he says the party has a decision that the vice president should come from the shanty region is that the case? Well, I don't know when the party met to make that decision. As in a secretary, I'm not aware that the party has met to take that decision. And if the party is going to take that decision, definitely I, I'll be one of the first people who, who will know. So I can tell you authoritatively that the party has not taken a decision as to which region the vice president uh, will come from. And mind you, when it comes to uh, appointment of running mates, the constitution is very clear. The, the presidential can, candidate in consultation with the National Council will make that decision. But it starts with the presidential candidate. And therefore, it bestows on him to look through it, to, to scan around and see which of uh, personalities in or even outside the party who can complement his effort uh, to, to in our quest to win elections in 2024. So it's something that is a sole prerogative of the presidential candidate. And I don't think it is fair for anyone to, 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 to give him guidance and also to impose on him which place or which region or which religion that he must choose from. Let him make that decision. When it comes to us, they also have opinions to make. Then we can make those opinions. But you don't disagree that the Ashanti region will give you the best chance of, I guess, getting the most votes, 75% or more historically, is what you've always needed in the Ashanti region to win the national elections. Mm. You don't disagree that a running mate from there will put you in the best position to get maximum votes? No, again, it's a decision of the, of the, of the presidential candidate. He has to make that decision. And well, definitely once the decision is, is made by him, 
he'll come with the reasons why he's appointing A or nominating A to be his running mate. For me, I don't want us to make it reading specific. We are looking for competence. We are looking for someone who can compliment him, who can serve as a good running mate, someone who can give us votes. So I know and I trust in, in, in his judgment that he will give us a good uh, candidate or good running mate. And very finally, vote buying. The last time you went to the primary in orphan constituencies, uh, we had evidence of uh, people sharing money. The OSP got involved, uh, declared some. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Party folks wanted. I know you got involved too because you wanted to investigate to find out who these people are and crack the whip. First of all, updating, what has happened to that particular case? Well, you know, most, but I saw uh, from your screens like people were talking about they had this, they had that, and you invited them to the National Party. But unfortunately, they couldn't give us, they couldn't give us names. And so it's, it's, it's more become, become something like um, hearsay and it's difficult for us to even get proof. Because yes, you saw the person holding the money. Who gave you the money? The person is not prepared to talk about it. In one case, actually, the envelope had the name of one of the uh, candidates. I, on I, it. I didn't see that envelope, so maybe I have to look at your screen again. And it's, I'm happy that you also mentioned OSP. And that's why we also have state institutions. It's their duty to also to make sure that at least when these issues, allegations uh, 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 comes up, they have the the, the special uh, uh, um, um, services and the special uh, um, composition or disposition to look at all these matters. So it's something that we need. We need to make sure that at least incidents of this nature it's, it's not good for our body politics mpp ndc whatever at least we should ha we should get to a point whereby people are able to elect uh, um, candidates based on merits it's not about money issues or based on material matters it's something that uh, in another day we can have that frank discussion we have all political parties there to look at it how money is aff affecting our body politics it's something that i don't subscribe for candidates this weekend well, What's we the party's have, we, position to them? We have, point, we, point have, we, have, we have advised them and per the rules and regulations, I've also talked about it, that the party frowns on, on, on monocracy in our elections. And we want candidates to go and campaign based on their competence and what they can do for the good people in their constituencies. And it's not, it should not be based about giving people money to vote for you. It's not, it doesn't go well for our body politics. So that advice has gone and we are hoping that on come Saturday, the best candidates will be elected based on competence, but not about who paid what and how, how much the person paid. Justin Kodiafimpon is the General Secretary of the New Patriotic Party. Thank you very much. Thank you. Vice. And all the best ahead of Saturday. And you want to stay with us for a comprehensive coverage of the MPP parliamentary primaries. We are starting at 7 all the way till we know uh, enough of the results to give you a clearer picture of what has happened. We're expecting some giants to fall. They always do major casualties. We'll be analyzing all that for you if you join us from 7 uh, throughout the day. We are going to be here on Joy 99.7 FM on the Joy News channel on myjoyonline.com and across our many social media platforms. Election headquarters is always brought to you by Petrosol. 
clean through all in full quantity. This is Newsnight on Joy 99.7 FM. Now tonight, acquitted and discharged, retired ACP Dr. Benjamin Agojo is taking on the Defence Minister Dominic Nitu, accusing him of instigating his prosecution, which he describes as malicious. Now, six individuals implicated in the alleged coup plot were convicted for conspiracy to commit high treason and committing high treason. However, ACP Benjamin Agojo and two others were acquitted and discharged. Uh, he explains why the Defence Minister, he claims, instigated uh, his prosecution. He spoke to my colleague, Raymond Aqua. Investigation, recall, you reconstruct the scene. Okay, yeah. Okay. So by reconstructing the scene, you are saying that you go back and reflect, and then you begin to see how this whole thing started. And you are able to make a logical conclusion. When I reconstructed the whole thing, I realized by the time the man said he was going to bring me to order, he had already initiated the investigation. And I got to know that the defense intelligence was the ones who started the investigation with the military people, with General Andor and others, before submitting the whole thing to BNI. Now, do you get my point? I get you. So, having reconstructed the scene, I can tell you that it was the defense intelligence, Mr. Nitiu, who, uh, defense minister, Mr. Nitiu, who initiated this whole arrest process. He can, he can take me anywhere he wants, and I'll prove to him that he was the one who did it. And I'm saying this on record, because I produce, I have it. It's on, it's on phone. Whatever he said is on phone. It's on a letter with Adam Bona. If you ask Adam Bona, he will show it to you. And this was because there's a disagreement over whether or not uh, an uprising... An uprising was possible or not, and, and a civil uprising which was posted by somebody uh, uh, allegedly said uh, who... Uh, who uh, 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 he said, uh, Dr. Nyaho Tamekulu says, Arab uh, uh, civil uprising is imminent in Ghana. And we started discussing it. If you don't like my views, or you don't understand my views, ask for clarification. People say you are on platform and you are talking. What are platforms for? Platforms are for expressing opinions, especially on security matters. The expectation is that mindful of the role you play in the security Mindful service. of what role? Because you are a senior officer. Yes. When people hear you say certain things, the presumption is that, no, yeah. we should take it very serious. Yes, then they, must, they should have taken it serious. They should have taken it serious. How many people haven't spoken about Adam Arrow Spring in Ghana? They didn't say that. How many people? I don't want to mention names, but how many people haven't spoken about? What, have they been arrested? What you are telling me today is that our conception or the understanding that some have that Arrow Spring means that they it's a coup d'état. It's, it's, um, it's myopic. It's an unconstitutional change it's of government. It's myopic. Well, yesterday, uh, after the judgment was delivered by the court, we heard from the Attorney General, Godfrey Dami, who criticized ACP Agojo for making the Arab Spring comments. Well, today, in this interview with my colleague, Raymond Akwa, Mr. Agojo gave this reaction. The only thing that sends some, some jitters in their spine and whatever is the fact that I mentioned Arab Spring. And yesterday... One minister was still talking about that, despite my acquittal and discharge. He thought that I shouldn't. Do they re And I think that they I are. Mean, you, the attorney general himself, and I heard him speak, he yes. says, What business has a senior police officer, a serving officer, yes. staying on a platform and talking about Arrow Spring? Does he understand Arrow Spring? If he doesn't, he should keep quiet. If he doesn't understand Arrow Spring, he should keep quiet. But he's a lawyer. He's, he's, he's a actually. lawyer, but being a lawyer doesn't mean that you know everything. You can be a lawyer and be an ignorant, you be an ignoramus in an area. I teach conflict. 
Do you understand me? I told you I teach conflict at even MPL level. I teach it at Kofiana, I teach it at all level. Arab Spring or civil uprising and other things are democratic means of expressing dissent in every society. Today we, we, we espouse people like uh, uh, Martin Luther King and other things. Why are we espousing them? But we knew in 2011 yes. that this has led to the removal of governments. Tunisian example is clear. The other countries within the Arab regions, that the the the, the explicit definition yes. and appreciation. You of are same. talking about explicit definition. Yeah. That is common knowledge. Yes. But when you look at Arab Spring, it is like any other spontaneous demonstration by citizens to express their their dissatisfaction. Which in the reality and the examples. If it leads have. to the fact that a government decides that, do you know that we can? could have led to uh, Rollins saying that, okay, I've resigned. Could it have been called Arab Spring? Dakumipreku in Ghana. I'm not sure. Could have been, could have, could have, could have led to Rollins saying, okay, I've resigned. Once the VAT has been defeated and other things have resigned. Eh. When you go to the literature, go and Google it anywhere. Be careful you don't go to Wikipedia. I, I get that, Because when you go to Wikipedia, Wikipedia will give you some definition of a rebellion, a mutiny, and other things. And I proved to the uh, prosecution in court that when they need a definition to issues, they should not go to Wikipedia. Because they came out with a Wikipedia definition, which I, I, I drew the attention to. <coughs> and they could not talk about it again. So go to... the Attorney General the, of the Republic I'm, I'm saying the prosecution team. Okay, all right. Whoever was representing them. And it's on record. I can produce... It's a court record and I can give you... But give that you, should be very uh, strange, I mean... Yes. So at the end of the day, you come to appreciate the fact that when you go to Wikipedia definition, it will tell you it's a mutiny, it is so-so and so, but go to other definitions which are acceptable in academia. Because when you uh, quote today, you quote Wikipedia definitions... In, in, in academia, in the universities, they will not take you seriously. I get it. I know that. So, 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 every first so, year of an university would know that. that that's basically So, I'm time. saying that when you want to know the real definition of Arab Spring, don't go to Wikipedia. Go to other sources and it will tell you the real meaning of it. And you say that's what they confronted you with, a Wikipedia definition of a, it. A Wikipedia definition and their, under, their myopic understanding of that term. And that is what they confront. And that's what they have held on to till today. And that's what Attorney General is still holding on to. He should go and learn. He should go and learn. Because he's not dealing with just people. He's dealing with people who have also climbed the ladder somewhere. Is it they have mistreated me. They have, they, have, they have persecuted me. And even when the court has pronounced me acquitted and discharged, the Attorney General is walking out there to say that if they had done their work very well, I would have been also imprisoned. Well, the full interview is currently airing on the Joy News channel. You want to catch it. It's also on uh, many social media platforms, also on the myjoyonline.com. Um, you don't want to miss that. It's still live your news tonight. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. The Lantern Natural Resources Minister Samuel Abujinapo has disclosed exclusively to Joy News that the economic management team is considering feasibility studies on the possible withdrawal of value added tax on mining exploration in Ghana. The, the Tracy Union Congress at a news conference a couple of days ago questioned why the sector minister uh, is given a free pass to rich multinational mining firms as it relates to the VAT. Uh, especially at a time when government is imposing 15% value of the tax on electricity consumption for non-lifeline consumers. 
Now, breaking his silence on the matter, the Lands and Natural Resources Minister says the policy measures has been tabled before the economic management team. I think it's a matter that we have to interrogate and, and examine, and it's a matter that is currently before the economic management team of government, uh, which has been examined uh, thoroughly and dispassionately. We need to strike the careful balance, the balance between taxing the industry, which I believe the chamber and all of us agree um, is, is one that we cannot escape, as well as also making the Ghanaian mining industry uh, attractive in terms of uh, attracting investment into the industry. Because the bedrock of every mining industry is exploration. Without exploration, you don't have the industry. Because the exploration that unearths or that reveals whatever resources you have. And so um, if you have a regime which makes exploratory activities uh, unattractive, your industry eventually will collapse. But as I say, it requires a careful balance. And we have to strike that balance carefully. That, 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 what, what will be that balance? What line we draw? It's as we speak, being examined by the economic management team. So nothing is concluded. Well, Blessed Suga was at that event and joins me in the studio. Blessed, there's a strong call uh, from mm. the labor unions that if anything at all, the multinationals, as far as they, they are mining, should pay more taxes. Exactly. They believe that uh, that's the standard practice around the world and that when countries go through economic challenges, they would want to fall on their mineral reserves to cushion their uh, you know, uh, citizens. Uh, they are questioning why the government will now be considering removing VAT on mining exploration. But the argument from the Chamber of Mines is that this is... Uh, financing that is coming in primarily to do exploration, which is a highly risky venture. You're not certain if indeed when you go into exploration, you'll come out positive, uh, you know, finding a mineral deposit. So that's why government is considering uh, reviewing the policy. And I put that question to uh, uh, Samuel Abujina for the sector minister as to what is likely to happen and uh, if it's pro appropriate for government to be considering removing VAT at the time Ghanaians are paying 15% uh, VAT on electricity. He says that there should be perhaps other ways of taxing these multinational companies. Yeah, but you can tax them in other areas, not exploration. I don't suggest that we should not, but if in response, in direct response to that argument would be that perhaps tax in other areas, because exploration is a very risky venture. Um, half of the time, you spend so much millions of dollars in exploratory activity and you find nothing. So it's a high-risk venture. And without it, you don't have an industry. Without it, you don't have discoveries. The president was also there at the Africa Prosperity Dialogues. What did he say? That's right. So the Africa Prosperity Network is focusing, as part of his dialogue this year, on adding value uh, to mineral resources of African countries. And for the president, he's puzzled as to why, um, you know, Ghana and other African countries are wealthy when it comes to mineral deposits and are not able to transform that into you know uh, economic benefits for their citizenry his belief is that this is a time for actors across the african continent to come together and to leverage on the optimal uh, policies that can be deployed uh, to derive some benefits in terms of, uh, you know, uh, financing or funding for uh, developmental needs of many African countries, including Ghana. Accounts for only 3% of global trade and inter-Africa trade is one of the lowest of any region globally. This is largely due to the colonial economic model characterized by small individual economies, fragmented and disconnected regional markets, over-reliance on the export of primary commodities, 
and the presence of low productive capacities which have been well in existence for over a century. By fostering inter-Africa trade, the AFCFTA is going to ensure that it continues to create opportunities for businesses to expand beyond their borders, driving economic growth, and creating a more integrated and interconnected continent. To unlock the full potential of trade for prosperity, let us prioritize the development. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Transportation and logistics infrastructure, streamlined trade processes, and embrace digital technologies that facilitate cross-border transactions. And that there is President Akufuado. So live your news night on Joy 99.7 FM. Still ahead, our sick hospital series focusing on the Fiaquanta Regional Hospital in the Western Region where health workers are pleading for a working <coughs> defibrillator. The absence of it is making it difficult to save patients when they get cardiac arrest. But because we didn't have, we continued with our CPI, CPI, and when we were all exhausted, we had to call it. Details as it emerges, it is the norm in most hospitals in the country. I will hear from the Ghana Health Service. George Jaffe is here with the very latest from the world of business. What's in the headline? Well, Evans, uh, coming up in business, World Bank assures of measures to ensure prudent use of $300 million approved for Ghana to aid budget support. And consultant Francis Timoboy cast out the January 1 implementation date for seven new taxes as more institutions cite difficulties in enforcing these levies. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Kingdom Books and Stationery, Syntax Tanks and Pepsodent charcoal and herbal you're welcome back to business on news night now the world bank has given the firm assurance that it has measures in place to ensure that funds advanced to government are utilized prudently the bank this week approved some 300 million dollars for the country to fast track ghana's economic recovery however the bank is expected to disperse the amount in the coming weeks david elmer a senior economist at the world bank group a consistent program of reforms and the funds is based on the effective implementation of these reforms. So these areas that priority areas that I've mentioned before, there is a list of specific reforms that have already been implemented, you know, before this, these funds get disbursed. In addition, the World Bank ensures that the overall macro fiscal framework is adequate, basically meaning that the budgets you know, and the debts are sustainable or are on a path to sustainability. And finally, we monitor macro and fiscal policies uh, closely directly with the government and jointly with the IMF. What is your overall expectation on how this inflow will impact on the broader economy? 
you know, we hope that it will help um, shore up uh, the, the government finances, finance the, the fiscal for this year, but also help to rebuild the foreign exchange reserves and confidence in Ghana in general. David Elmela is the senior economist at the World Bank Group. Now, tax consultant Francis Timoboy says government may struggle with its implementation date with the seven new taxes per the proposed date. The Ghana Avenue Authority has directed businesses and some regulators to start charging these taxes from January 1, 2024. However, the City Company of Ghana and other institutions have struggled to implement these taxes from the set date due to some challenges. Mr. Timoboy says government may have to review the implementation dates for these taxes. Today, if you buy any insurance product, there is no VAT. We are aware that there are current engagements with the GRE and even the ministry. So why do you pass a law on 31st December, 31st night, when possibly people are even having check service, and then you expect them to implement it on 1st January? So VAT on insurance has not been implemented. Take, for example, the emission tax. People have not even paid for it because the timing is not good. And it goes back to the, question, the, the point that you need to give implementation dates, time for people to, you know, pay the taxes. Otherwise, you would think that the law is in force and GRA will just go and collect the money from the people because they were agents and they were supposed to have collected it. Meanwhile, in reality, they didn't collect the tax. So many, many taxes that we have could not have started 1st January. And Francis Timoboy is a tax consultant. Now, the IMF is projecting that Ghana would end next year with an inflation rate of 8%. Now, this should mean that the single inflation rate that has eluded Ghana for a long while might be realized in 2025. It is also supporting government end of year inflation rate of hitting 15% by December this year. The forecast is coming at a time that the Monetary Policy Committee is taking steps to sustain the inflation rate decline over the past months. The fund is also projecting that the monetary value of Ghana's economy across 1 trillion Ghana cities, that is this year. Now, Ghana today ended its meeting with the euro bondholders and commercial creditors over moves to restructure about $13 billion. But was government able to push through with its proposed terms? There is more in this report. Government was looking at a seven-year moratorium when it comes to interest payment on these euro bond and up to 40% cut on the principal, as well as interest that will be paid. However, we are not sure for now whether government was able to close a deal with the investors on these proposed deals. Another issue that influenced this meeting is the fact that the bilateral creditors want to enjoy the same terms and conditions that government will extend to these euro bond holders. This is what some might describe as complementarity. After this first round of meeting, there will be another final round which will be jointly led by the Finance Minister Ken Oforiata and the Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ernest Addison, when it comes to restructuring of the $13 billion euro bond. The Finance Minister Ken Oforiata has disclosed that he's hoping to finalize negotiations with the bilateral creditors and euro bond holders by the end of March this year. Ghana is scheduled for the second IMF program review in April if the country is able to pass this test, it might be eligible for some $350 million from the IMF to support some projects in the 2024 budget.
That is a business tax report. Now, the Bank of Ghana has indicated that it will not hesitate in sanctioning any money transfer operator and agent cut flouting the operational guidelines. Now, this was contained in an updated guideline for inward remittance by the payment service providers. The Bank of Ghana added that a new operator must ensure that it fully complies with the Money Laundering Act in line with the risk in the business that it is undertaking. The regulator said in the guideline that noted that taking these actions are critical to ensure that the sector which promotes the condition of the economy is well established and realize that it provides a major contribution to the national economy. And even on PM Express Business Edition tonight, we are engaging the chief executive of the Ghana Enterprises Agency, Kosi Yanke, about supporting entrepreneurs and small, medium-sized enterprise in this country. Since they started operations, how much have they been able to disperse to these small businesses? The status of support is at 9 p.m. tonight on Joy News Channel and all the social media platforms at 9 p.m. To the stock market, if you're a shareholder in Standard Chartered Bank, it was down by two pesos to close at 17 Ghana cities. 53 pesos in terms of the year to date to how much you have realized in your investment since the beginning of this year it's up by more than a peso or in terms of 1.35 percent that is this year and that's all uh, for business on uh, news night back to you evans thank you very much george now finding a working defibrillator a tool that is used to jolt patients back to life in the Quanta regional hospital in the western region is akin to the ninth wonder of the world. The sole defibrillator in the hospital is currently faulty and was donated by foreign students. Health workers are distressed and are crying for a working defibrillator, insisting it is becoming difficult to save patients who have cardiac arrest. Jojo Kabana has more. A defibrillator is a life-saving equipment. When the heart is not beating normally, the defibrillator is used to deliver controlled electric shock to the heart. This shock can help restore the heart's normal rhythm in cases of sudden cardiac arrest. In countries like South Korea and the UK, defibrillators can be found in public places like pubs, markets, and crowded places. What about Ghana? The Ghana Harmonized Health Facility Assessment Report 2023 says only 5% of hospitals in Ghana have the required basic equipment in consulting rooms. We make our way to Ghana's oil city, Takrade. The Fianquanta Regional Hospital receives referrals from across the region. It is fair to say that it serves over 3 million population. Can the hospital save your life if you go into cardiac arrest? Dr. Joseph Kodotambil, the medical superintendent of the hospital, is passionate. He wants his medical staff to get the best equipment to serve patients. With some hesitation, he admits that even the only available defibrillator has challenges. And, and the defibrillator doesn't work properly, like it functions um, With well. a few challenges, but with batteries and, and all that, but um, when, when called upon, it, 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 it would function. But like I said, we don't, we need more of those uh, machines uh, rather than just one. The only defibrillator, which is now 40, was even donated by foreign students who saw the need for the equipment in the emergency room. To make you understand the issue better, Regina Kweku, the unit head of the Accident and Emergency Center, 
shares a recent story. We had this patient that was brought in with electrical shock. With that one, you know, because of the external electrical current, it sends the rhythm to a different the patient to a different rhythm. So if we had this, we could have reversed, we could have shocked the patient to set the rhythm to the normal. But because we didn't have, we continued with our CPR, CPR, and when we were all exhausted, we had to call it. For those who do not understand what the term call it, it simply means they had pronounced the patient dead. How often do they call it? So that's happened very often very often very often as she says that dr nicholas ajabu is head biomedical engineering unit at the ministry of health joins us on the line right now doc thanks for your time here on news night so why is it that if you have hospital and from what we now understand many hospitals across the country do not have defibrillators um good evening um I would say that some of the hospitals have defibrillators. But the problem with defibrillator is that it has to be tight and maintenance has to be one of the key things to ensure that when you need it, it will be available. Uh, we are all aware of the maintenance order. Even sometimes the equipment that has to be connected to power uh, to ensure that a charge at all times is is not that at the facility level. Uh, so this is contributes to failure of uh, defibrillators. Even yeah, when but, but, but dog, the problem we are talking about is that the hospitals do not have defibrillators at all. You must have it first and then fail yes. to maintain. So the conversation um, about maintenance, it's uh, putting the car before the horse. No, I won't say they don't have it at all. Some uh, but, of them have them. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about those hospitals that currently do not have, and they are... Okay, all right. Yes, uh, as we just illustrated in Efiankwanta. Why why don't they have it? Efiankwanta had some, but, uh, you know, it has to be replaced from time to time. You have to charge it at all times so that when you need it, it will be made available. Well, now they don't have well, it at all. They've not had it for a while. I mean, what, what, will be, what will happen to get them one? And for all the hospitals across the country who don't have? Okay. The ministry has a program that procure as and when funds are made available. So we include some of these things in our procurement. During the COVID period, a number of hospitals received uh, some of these distributors. But I must say that um, looking at the number of hospitals uh, that we have, uh, it means that we need substantial amount to achieve the maximum level of um, stock of equipment required to run uh, services at all levels. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Nicolas Ejibu. is a head biomedical engineering unit, Ministry of Health. Let's do sports now. And Ms. Bao is here with the latest. Hello, Evans. Well, um, it's been just about 24 hours since the 
uh, announcement of the sack of Chris Eaton was made and the search for a new coach has already begun has begun with the setting up of a committee a five-member committee for that matter that will be looking for a new coach for the Black Stars. This committee will be chaired by Vice President of the Ghana Football Association, Mark Addo, legal practitioner and law lecturer Ace Ankoma Esquire, will act as Vice Chairman of the Searching Committee, while uh, Director of Coaching Education of the Ghana Football Association, Professor Joseph Kwame Minta, will also be a member. And Ghana football legend Opoku Inti is also on and there is also William Kaiser Kate, who is the chief director of the Ministry of Youth and Sports, all being members of that five-member committee. Now, the search committee, we understand, has three... What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. ...to recommend the next Black Stars coach to the Executive Council for approval. Now, we also understand that a detailed job description for the head coach position of the Black Stars will be made uh, public very soon. However, this is an abbreviated version of the criteria for the selection of the next head coach of the Black Stars. One, they say the potential head coach should be a proven winner in coaching top men's national team or club football. Two, must have a football philosophy that aligns or complement our DNA. Three, the next Blasters coach must hold the highest football license in the world with over 15 years coaching experience. And four, must have proven track record in team reconstruction, organization, and development of young talent. And finally, should be a proven disciplinarian tactician and must have some leadership skills they also came up with a roadmap where they say in the three weeks that the committee will be working for the first week they will be engaged they will commence work and also consider the criteria and scorecard validation then in the second week the committee is expected to score and shortlist candidates and also undertake interviews then in the final week the search committee must finalize their work and report to the executive council. The executive council will review and report the reports and make recommendations to the Ministry of Youth and Sports. And eventually, a final announcement of the head coach of the Black Stars will be made. So we are expecting that at least just after the end of the African Cup of Nations tournament, a new head coach of the Black Stars will be announced. And uh, this will be the fifth coach in four years. Remember, 2020, C.K. Akono, 2021, Milovan Rajavac, 2022, Otoado, and 2023, Chris Hutton. So we are look, waiting for the fifth Black Stars coach in four years. Who is going to be the head coach? Now? Jose Mourinho, he's unemployed. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Val. You're and you're still live here on Newsnight on Joy 99.7 FM. Let me take you to the election headquarters now. And Lecture Headquarters, as always, brought to you by Petrosol, clean fuel in full quantity. As a new patriotic party guest up for the primaries this weekend, I'm talking about a parliamentary primary. All eyes are focused on the Dom Kwabenya uh, constituency with the largest uh, voter population with over one uh, 
1,070 delegates set to decide the fate of three aspirants. The race is anticipated to be keenly contested. Samuel Mbura of our political decks has more in this report. The Dom Komiya seat is currently held by Sarah Ajwasafu and is seeking re-election as a parliamentary candidate for the MPP in the upcoming 2024 general election. Residents in the constituency have been expressing their opinions about her candidacy. Oh, I like Agbar Safo because the way you are looking at our area, I like it. Little I can say is Agbar Safo is not helping. She's not helping this community. So uh, for me, she should just go out and uh, another person should come. So I don't think we need her. For us to give another chance to her, I don't think it's possible. We should just let go of her and bring in new MP. No, no, no. I just have one We didn't like her again because Agbar Safo causes trouble for her. It will be recalled that Sarah Ajwasafu previously absented herself from parliamentary duties, causing an uproar within the government, her party, and among her constituents. Consequently, rumors have circulated, suggesting attempts by some party executives to oust her as payback for her actions, a claim denied by Teofilos Ansalabi, the constituency secretary. There hasn't been any machination against her. She went to the market and even market women were telling her their peace of mind that it's enough and they were hooting at her. So when she went, there wasn't the constituency executive who asked the market women to do that. Basically, um, it looks like the constituents have had enough of her. That's what it looks like. Everywhere she goes, the response is not as she expects. So she can't blame that on the constituency executive committee. Sarah Ajwasafo's fierce contender, who lost to her in the last election by eight votes, Michael Okwe Jr. is capitalizing on her flaws and remains optimistic of a win. You can see that when the president appointed her with his power, he has removed her. In fact, there was an attempt by the parliamentarians themselves to remove her, but this was blocked by the NDC. When you have an MPP MP who is being protected by NDC MP, then you know that there's a big problem on the ground. think she's in bed with them? Oh, I wouldn't want to go as far as that. I don't know about being in bed, but I'm saying that that is what came out. And you really don't want to miss Saturday because this is one of the constituencies we are focusing on. It is a battleground indeed, and we are going to be spending a lot of time talking about that and watching what, what happens in that particular constituency. And you're still live, your news tonight on Joy 99.7 FM. And it's now time for our Clean Ghana campaign. I want to take you uh, to the Western region. Of course, we're doing this with the second D, Takrady Metropolitan Assembly, and through uh, the uh, partnership with the EU-funded Twin Cities in Sustainable Partnership Projects. Uh, also in collaboration with us, uh, they sent a team out there today. They unannounced visit to inspect the sanitary condition of households and commercial facilities forms part of the effort to make the city the cleanest assembly in the Western region. In Italia, is our correspondent traveled with a team. In what did you find today? So where we visited, we found out that most vendors were selling, exposing their food to the sun in sanitary conditions. Um, some households lack toilet facilities, among other nuisances within the secondary sub-metro of the SUMA. Did they arrest anybody? No, so for this week, it's a week for cautioning. The subsequent week, they'll start arrest and then prosecution. And so they have been cautioned that once we come back last week, they should be prepared 
to be arrested if they have not done things right. And thank you very much, Ina. The Clean Ghana campaign is active on the ground. We are now in the Western region, particularly partnering with the Second D, Takrady Metropolitan Assembly, doing a great job there, going around uh, regularly with us to ensure that there is cleanness. I just want to leave you with uh, something from Fact Day because rural communities yet to be connected to the national grid are presented with a challenging environment that impacts adversely on livelihoods of farmers. To ease your burden, Electra at the Takrady Technical University developed and distributed blenders and, 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 and shellers built on bicycles to support communities without electricity. Imano Bright Kweku has that report. Shellers are built on a bicycle frame which employs paddling to power the blades of the blender for cutting and shelling. Kojo Asari Apori is the team lead for the eco-friendly project. Some of the villages in the north where they, they, have, they, have, they don't have access to electricity and the communities, especially the women, you know, they do a lot of labor-intensive farming and then they have to finish and come back home to cook and all that. Then I noticed that the smoothie bike, which is also called a blender bike, would be useful to them. Where what they have in their homes are the stone for grinding and household domestic activity. So we started to try the blender bike with them. Then we noticed that it worked. We built grinding corn grinder for them, share butter grinder for them. We've we built a rice dehaxer. We've built also corn remover. And what they do is that they use it this time around without need, needing to buy electricity or in, even buy fuel. And that's for news night. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.